Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast. Sure, you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for some sports. Oh, hold on a minute. How are we doing sports? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, we are going to do a little bit of a... We're kind of jumping on the bandwagon of re-watching some of these old great uh, sports moments, and uh, we're, we're going to break down an old baseball game that is near and dear to the hearts of myself and the man joining me today, Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing great. All right. Uh, great to have you back. How's quarantine going for you as of, what's today, the 8th of April? Uh, quarantine is between the hours of, well, most days. I would I would hesitate. I would say about 95% of my time, mm-hmm. i.e. the time at home and the time at work, is spent exactly the same way it would have been pre-quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So you're one of the, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, one of the lucky I'm still, ones. I'm still going to work and doing the show, and then I come home, and there are still two kids who live here that have no idea quarantine is a thing. Yeah. So, That's yeah, funny, it's yeah. A, it's about uh, about the same that way. Like, I miss going out and seeing my friends, and I miss uh, going to the grocery store saying, hey, I just want to pick up one thing or two things. I want to have this particular meal for dinner yeah. and not being able to do that. that uh, yeah. I just yeah I like I I like I didn't realize how much of a, like how much I liked going to the grocery store and how much of a relaxing thing I found that to be until all of a sudden it just became like not a relaxing thing. Yeah. Like I used to go with my with my daughter who's two and the two of us would just go and hang out for a while It'd just be like something we would do together we would just go to the store and now I can't do that because she can't be trusted to the grocery store because you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I I really miss the most and something I didn't really think I was going to miss, but here we are. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, especially with me being in my profession. Well, I'll just sit home. You know, I'll be I'll be working in the act in the, the the work kitchen or back, back when i was still working or i'd just be at home and be like you know what i want to make this and then i'd be like do i have everything well i've got like 90 percent. i'll just run out to the store to grab these two things or whatever and i was yeah you know thinking i was going through my fridge again today and i found some like some some jerk marinade and i'm like oh man i should do jerk chicken and then i'm like god damn it can i even get chicken <laughs> right you know like and it yeah was sometimes just, you don't know, so, yeah. like and, and that's the thing. Is like I'm the designated shopper in my house because mm-hmm. they say for good reason. Yeah. Uh, only one person should be the person who goes out in public because that way, if one of you gets, it'll be easier to retrace the steps of the other one. Mm-hmm. Makes sense from a from a health policy perspective. Absolutely. Anyway, so I I came home the other day and I didn't have whatever it was that my wife had asked for. And she's like, "Why didn't you? Oh, it's yeast." And she said, "Why didn't you pick up yeast?" I'm like. You don't just get everything you want at the grocery store anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not exactly. that's that's a luxury that we no longer have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and even like the and and not just like you know because I'll obviously go for like wild ingredients like you know lavender or you know like that dark that sweet soy sauce which is the really like heavy molassesy sweet soy sauce where yeah. I got to go to the Asian market to get it and stuff like that where I'm just like man I'll be happy if I can go and I can find the basic elements of food right like I'm like can I get rice on this grocery trip right just oh man yeah uh, different times anyway we're 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 powering through it and uh and whatnot but uh, you know like there's people far worse off than us we're just Trying to of do course, part of course, and I, I feel fortunate about that all the time. Like I said, yeah. the vast majority of my day is the same as it would have been if we weren't in quarantine, and I feel very fortunate about that. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, but we're doing our part to <laughs> attempt to distract people by watching old sports, and we're going to do a bit of a rewatch 
uh, or, or rather we're going to break down and I, I've come up with some funny categories. It's going to be kind of like similar to if you go back and listen to our hundredth episode when we did the, uh, um, the Save by the bell pod where I came up with a bunch of categories and, and, uh, here's some nominees and you can feel free to add if you, if you remember something you wanted to add. And we're, we're just going to have a little bit of fun watching some old sports because, uh, well, nothing else to do. Nothing else to do, so we might as well just do it. And the game that we chose to, to kick this off, and this is something that if we like it, maybe we'll we'll keep doing it going forward for a little bit. The first game we chose to do, uh, because up here in Kenyatta, they're doing uh, old, they're, they're running the old like 92, 93 Jays World Series. They're rerunning the Raptors run. They're replaying the uh, Kings Leafs for some reason. <laughs> I can't, can't believe that uh, Leafs fans are too into that. But uh, yeah. It just allows you to get angry again. That's true. Yeah, just get, just get fired up about something i like to pretend that wendell clark's hat trick in game six was when game six ended yeah it certainly didn't get ended by someone who should have been ejected from the game (laughs) Uh, that that may be what if this is enough of a hit you guys craig and i will go back and do our worst sporting moments which likely includes game six 1993 for him and for me there's a couple ones that would be uh that i'll tell you this right like game seven might have been like at the time worse Mm -hmm. for me it's, Game set, like, I, I, I was... When I was... the greatest guy to ever lace up a pair of skates and step on the ice says, that is the greatest game I ever played in my life, you know? Like, that's... That's something, yeah. That's something, right? Like, and... and like, Gretzky is one of those guys who, like, doesn't even hesitate. You know, they go to Gretzky. Like, this is how Gretzky answers that question. They go, like, hey, Gretz, what do you think was your best game? Game 7 against the Leafs. Like, people don't... Like, people don't even finish yeah. the question before he's, like, Game 7. Um... Sorry to bring that up, Craig. But, uh, well, it's not. Uh, wait, that get, that game never should have existed. That's so. true. That's true. You can bring up Patrick Wad dropping the puck in Game Six if you want me to against that. Yeah. Uh, See, that's another one where, like, because both, like the 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 Leafs and Avs both had two chances at those series. Yeah, that's true. And, and Game Seven, the Leafs, uh, your team at least put up a fight, whereas the Avalanche yes. were horribly destroyed. Now, the the inverse of that is. The Avalanche were somehow stonewalling a team that had, I think, 13 Hall of Famers on it, or something. Like it was just yes. an all-time hired gun bullshit Red Wings team, right? Like, and the Avs probably should have beat them if Wad didn't drop that puck. Uh, who knows that how that game six would have ended? But he did, and history is is uh, is is what it is, right? Yeah, um, game seven was not one where you had to wonder, though. Yeah, uh, it's true. In some ways, is good. <laughs> simultaneously, because I, I still watch basketball at the time, I, I was like, well, I lost this game seven. Let me flip it over, see how the Celtics are doing on their home court against the Pacers. Oh, down 25, two minutes in, eh? <laughs> right? Oh, that was a bad, that was a Black Friday for Matt Pierce. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about a game where our team came through. Uh, we'll try to not be too homery on this, but I make no promises because the game we're going to talk about is the highest scoring World Series game of all time. The game is this still the highest scoring World Series game of all time? Didn't the yeah. Dodgers and Astros come close? I guess no, they came they got close. close. They, yeah, they got close. Uh, this is the highest scoring game of all time. This is the longest a game has ever taken in the World Series that didn't go into extra innings, uh, clocking in at four hours and 14 minutes. Uh, a few other games have gone longer than that, obviously, but those are like that 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 Dodgers uh, Astros game you were alluding yeah, to. That was that was ten innings. That yeah, one. that one went over five hours, but it was it was oh. ten innings and was also uh, 
If, one know, of the two teams was cheating. Yeah, well. one of the two teams was cheating. <laughs> Let's right? not forget that part Well, of in this. this game, one of the two teams was sort of cheating, too, but they were cheating in the old school way of, like, we're just going to do a bunch of drugs and hope we get really good at baseball. Uh, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and they did. Uh, the Game 4, 1993 World Series, our beloved Toronto Blue Jays uh, walk into Veteran Stadium uh, for Game 4 against the Philadelphia Phillies, a game that ended 15 to 14. This game is available on YouTube in its entirety, which is great. It's actually available. Um, I, I when I typed it into YouTube when we came up with this idea, I was like, "Gee, I hope this is available, and I don't have to try to go find it on like Daily Motion." Not only was it available there, but like the full game was available on like four or five different YouTube channels, and they all had like five different lengths. Like there's one five-hour cut where you can watch like the '90s commercials, and I was and I was like, "Do I watch the '90s commercials and then write down some of the funny ones?" And I was like, "No, no, because this game's." Already, like the video was already three and a half hours long. So I, I went with the uh, the one that was uh, three hours and forty minutes, I think, where they cut out the commercials, but there was still a lot of they, they give you everything that ever happened uh, during that CBS broadcast. Um, what was the what um what was your uh, experience when you when you rewatched this game, Craig? Uh, well. Yeah, it's delightful. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, no, it was uh, it was it was, a, it was a great rewatch. It was a lot of fun, and um, uh, it and it's just like a game where, like, look, I was I was eight when that baseball game happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember and where I, you were, I, by any chance? I know exactly where I was. I was at my uh, my living room when we lived uh, uh, just outside of Ottawa. I remember I remember wa- I remember watching the games of that series very vividly, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, my my. My parents were nice to let me stay up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have like bits and pieces memories of everything. I have like I, I remember the exact reaction I had and exactly what I did when Carter hit that home run, like to mm-hmm. like down to the down to the frame. But um, yeah, I just remember at the time thinking and maybe this was like, you know, 20 whatever years later, uh, I would not have thought I would not think. Oh yeah, no, this is going to be fine. They're just going to come back and score some runs here. It's going to be okay. But <laughs> eight-year-old Craig just thought that, like, oh, whatever, they're going to score yeah. runs all game. It's fine. They're going to win. Um, and that was '93 was kind of like a weird experience as a fan from the perspective of I was eight. And the idea of, hey, wait a minute, what if the Blue Jays don't win the World Series is not something that I really thought about all that much. I'm like, oh yeah, they're just going to win again, of course. Mm-hmm. They're going to win every year going forward. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not quite the way it turned out. But yeah, that was my uh, that was my Blue Jays World Series thing. Was I just, oh yeah, they're going to be fine, and I don't have to worry about this. Um, turns out that they um, had to worry about it a little bit, but <laughs> but yeah, no, that was uh, I. I just if if I rewatched that game now as a fan, I'd have been freaking out. Whereas when I was eight, I'm just like, oh yeah, they're going to score some runs here. It's going to be good. The 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 naivete of youth, yeah, I miss. So great. Uh, I was seven years old. I remember I was in my grandfather's basement in the house he still lives in in London, Ontario. Um, and I'm fairly I'm fairly certain they fully intended to have seven year old Matt Pierce stay up and watch the entire game. But when it was all of a sudden, you know, it was the fifth inning and it was you know almost 11 o'clock at night or whatever. I'm sure they were like, yeah. all right, I don't think our son can stay up for seven more innings. So uh, I, I, I can't remember. It was close when I went to bed. I remember that. I think it was like seven, eight. Uh, or eight, eight seven for the Phillies when I when I went to bed. So yeah, game would have ended at uh, twelve twenty four. So yeah, yeah, so that was that was pretty. Bad. I remember talking to friends the next day and like some people got to stay up and some people didn't. It was a tired it was a tired day in that grade five classroom or how old would I have been? Uh, grade four classroom, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would have been. But been I regret nothing. And yeah, no. <laughs> something that I've thought about now that I'm a parent myself is, wait a minute, what's more important? Like having a good day at school in this particular situation, this like one-off day in school that is never going to actually matter the rest of your life, mm-hmm. or seeing this potentially historic moment in sports that you're going to remember forever. So yeah, exactly. my parents made a good call there. Um, uh, is there anything you want to say before we get into some of these categories? Just any, anything you want to get off your chest about this, about this, uh, uh not, not really just that this was uh, a really fun series to watch, obviously, yeah. uh, reliving some of the stuff sort of in this uh, time of no sports here has been, uh, has been kind of cool. Hmm. So, all right, here we go. Here, here's the first category I came up with while I was watching this was best slash funniest graphic that they, that they flashed during the game. Uh, some of these are unintentionally funny. Some of these are just flat out actually funny. Uh, Stoudemire in the first inning, uh, during which I believe he walked five batters. <laughs> uh, I think it was four, yeah, but yeah, four or five. Um, the Phillies, the Phillies scored three runs and they got one hit. No, yeah, so, they were, they were, oh, sorry, yeah. four runs I should say, four runs and they got one hit. Yeah, yes, it was. It was. It was walks, uh, yeah, yeah. Four, four runs, one hit. Yeah. Yeah, because I got the sequence written down here. Yeah, but at one point they flashed Todd Stoudemire's pitching line, and it was 31 pitches, 10 strikes, 21 balls. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, <laughs> that was awful. Uh, Tommy Green didn't fare much better because in the third, they flash uh, his pitching line, and he was at 60 pitches, 28 strikes, 32 balls in the third. Oh, God, it was uh, it was bad. And I got to say... Well, here, here's the thing about how bad the pitching was in this particular game. Hmm. If you were to ask, hey, which of these two teams walked in a run in the first inning? The answer would be, well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) both. (laughs) (laughs) How many runs got walked in this game? Um, Several? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, it was brutal. Um, God, they played the Doobie Brothers' China Grove going into commercials, Craig. Several Doobie Brothers songs, actually, (laughs) were played going into commercials. Did you catch any of those in the... uh... Uh, A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Those were were pretty I didn't hate it. This one, this one hurt. Um, at one point, they flash a graphic that uh, that and it was called. The title of it was "Perpetual Success," and it was basically flashing how successful the Toronto Blue Jays had been in the '80s, uh, in the '90s, and this basically just didn't age well. Where it said Blue Jays consecutive season or consecutive winning uh, seasons. Consecutive winning seasons, they got to eleven. Yeah, and then the next. And that, the, the streak four. ended there. The streak <laughs> ended there. Yeah. Now That's that said, those... if you look at some of their not great years mm-hmm. in the like the between basically in 1994 and 2014 that 20 year span where the blue yeah. jays were uh, a middle of the road organization they were exactly that a middle of the road organization they were never bad enough except with one exception to pick high in the draft yeah which if you look at keith law's twitter feed he will note that he wanted the blue jays to pick troy Tulowitzki, not ricky romero <laughs> Yeah, fair. <laughs> you only bring that up every time it's mentioned. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah man. Uh, yeah, Ricky got some Cy Young votes for that one year, remember? Uh, he was great! Yeah, and then his so cartilage disintegrated because that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, I, I just remember when the Jays pulled off that, that trade with the Marlins that everybody... Uh, uh, that everybody was like, this should be vetoed. If this was a fantasy league, this this trade would have been vetoed. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, Ricky Romero's the fourth best pitcher on this team. And then all of a sudden it was like, actually, he's probably still the second best pitcher in the team, and that's not good. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. well, you, well, here's the thing. Ricky, like, Ricky Romero was a very, very good major league pitcher. Mm-hmm. And then his knee cartilage went away. Yeah. And then he had a hard time repeating a consistent delivery. Exactly. Yeah. That's the yeah. uh, that's the sad story of Ricky Romero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that Marlins Jays trade 
didn't work out for a variety of reasons. One being uh, Josh Johnson also had never helped arm. me after that trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And that was... Uh, that was an expensive dead arm for Josh Johnson. He basically <laughs> needed his arm to he needed his arm to stay together for another six months, and it would have gotten him 150 million dollars. And true, instead, yeah. it uh, fell apart after six starts. So, mm. uh, but yeah, the the uh, the Jays had uh, after this 20 year run of well, just not being very good, mm-hmm. or uh, like they had a lot of years where oh yeah, we have like a top six pitching staff, mm-hmm. and then we can't score. Or we have, like, the best offense in the American League, and we can't score any runs. Uh, quick tangent, 2003 Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. They got 266 innings of, I think, roughly 145 ERA-plus baseball from Roy Halladay. Oh. They had the second-highest scoring offense in the American League and didn't finish within a sniff of the playoffs. Yeah, because that was the, like, 88-win not... season, wasn't it? Or Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Basically, every pitcher not named Roy Halladay was awful. Mm-hmm. And that was what happened. Is you you managed to have the best pitch in the American League give you 266 innings. You had the second best offense in the American League, and you were still a mediocre team. The remaining be innings beyond those 266 would have to be horrific for that to happen. And boy, were they! Yeah, and like there were a couple years in the early aughts there too, where the Jays uh, they finished with like high 80s, low, and I think maybe even a low 90s oh, yeah. with wins. They're, and they're, they're, they were, never had a 90 win season, yeah. but they had a couple of 88 win seasons. Yeah. And finished it was 15 just a situation. games behind two teams. Two. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, yes, that's right. <laughs> right? And it was Those, just like, yeah. God, like, how did they get 88 wins when the Yankees and Red Sox both cracked like 100? And it was just like, yeah. Wow, well, it was a situation was a... where if, if if we were playing with today's format, then mm-hmm. the Jays would have made the playoffs easily. And there was a couple of situations. I think the 2003 one was one of them where if, if they were in any other division, mm-hmm. they make the playoffs no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, uh, another funny one. This is my personal favorite funniest graphic. Uh, Tim McCarver kept harp- harping on the fact that David West had to come in in the mid-games, and David West had be- was had basically not recorded an out in the World Series in, like... Yes, several, I, I, I actually was going to bring this up when you talked about graphics. Several at-bats, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, he gets one fly ball, and they flash his, like, World Series ERA, and uh, I can't remember if it was McDonough or McCarver goes, uh, well, that drops his ERA in the World Series down to 162. Because <laughs> just... he, he had pitched for Minnesota the season before. Yeah. and Or no, two seasons before, because they beat the Blue Jays in the ALCS. Yes. And uh, they won the World Series, that Minnesota team he was on. He just yeah. didn't pitch particularly well. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the old uh, Kirby pocket home run in Game 6, and then in Game 7, I believe there was that the Lonnie Smith like base running error or whatever it was uh yeah that was just so cutthroat like I didn't feel like they needed to flash that year after McCarver just spent uh so much time uh harping about how <laughs> that was I don't know I just found that unnecessary the uh, other thing I'll say and we'll probably get to this later mm-hmm. is I enjoyed 1993 Tim McCarver yeah, I, I mean, we'll get Didn't to hate it, later. it as much as I would have say 2003 Tim McCarver yeah I I, I make fun of him uh, I'll say he's going to get his, I, I might go a little bit harder on, on, uh, on McCarver in, in this, uh, 1993. Cause he said a couple of things that I thought were hilarious, but, uh, he, he, here's the thing. People hate Tim McCarver and yeah, he got kind of old guy grumpy in the, in the two thousands, as you alluded to, but 
Because of 92 and 93, anytime I hear Sean McDonough or Tim McCarver say anything, I'm just like, oh, man, I remember the time the Jays won the World Series those two times, right? So, so no, that's I, true. Yeah, I just I, – I, I, so I'm not as bad on, on Tim McCarver as some, although that said, he's probably going to not look great later <laughs> in this podcast when, when we, we, we talk about the broadcasting. Uh, last thing I have is funny is graph, graphics was just the, uh, the Fanatic cam where they just followed the Philly Fanatic around for a little bit. I thought that was uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Who apparently they're like losing the rights to the Philly Fanatic. The uh, the this is this is 2020 news <laughs> that that they might be losing the Philly Fanatic. Uh, did you have anything else that you that I missed or anything else you wanted to mention for for something that they flashed up or a graphic that you? Uh, no, all good though. You, you the Brian West one was what came to mind for me. So yeah, yeah, that one's great. Um, okay, most rewatchable sequence. I got. Six. The top of the eighth inning. Six there. Yeah, you're just you're just going straight to the top of the sixth. Here are the nominees. Oh. Or sorry, the bottom or the the top of the eighth. Yeah. I, I Oh, I thought I thought that I was just gonna say what it was. I didn't know there's nominees. Okay, go that, ahead. It, no, that is that the well the top of the eighth is for sure a nominee. Um yeah. and I, I don't think there was any way the top of the eighth wasn't gonna win <laughs> in this particular podcast. Uh, most rewatchable sequence. I have first off Todd Stottlemyre on the base paths, Craig. <laughs> Yes, that was pretty funny, and I I made sure to watch that a couple of times on my rewatch just because, yeah, uh, for starters, uh, and and people forget this when they're talking about, oh, yeah, that's how Todd Stoudemire cut his chin up on the base pass. He was making the third out of an inning at third base. Yeah, the cardinal sin the in baseball. Yeah, the, the like you cannot get thrown out at third base as a pitcher, no less. And you watch the thing, and you you rewatch the sequence, and it's hilarious because he just he rounds second, and Dykstra is just scooping up this routine single, right? And Todd Sarma rounds second, and Dykstra isn't expecting him to go at all. He's just like, oh, Todd's just gonna round and then head back to the base. And all of a sudden, Todd goes, and Dykstra's like, oh my god, is he serious? <laughs> right? And then yeah. he just throws it. Right Right to the cutoff man and then the play wasn't even close that Todd Stoudemire the chin wasn't even the worst thing he clearly concussed himself Craig like that man like he like you see they, they cut to Todd Stoudemire standing there next to Cito and he's doing that thing that guys who are punch drunk do where they're like really trying to like get their eyes back and like he had a concussion and wasn't pitching well in the third inning or in the first inning anyway and then it was like all right he just didn't pitch well in the first inning had no control walked five guys and then let's send him back out there for the second inning with a concussion. Well, right? why would you like, he, here's the thing. And look, I know he got on base and whatever. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh yeah, Todd's going to settle down, but Cito should have had Al Leiter ready to go. Yeah. I don't understand why he didn't just pinch hit for Sotomayor right there in the second inning. Yeah. I, I, and McCar- that was something McCarver brought up much too. Yep. It was like, like he said in the broadcast that, uh, Cito had said pregame or something that if Todd doesn't have it, I'm just going straight to Al Leiter. And uh, Todd did, did not have it. Todd did not. Now have you know it. who else didn't have didn't. it was Al Leiter. That's true, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Al Leiter. Uh, but like they should have at least, even if it's the thing where it's the '90s and like, okay, we still don't have the the stuff. We don't really know about head trauma and how often does a pitcher get concussed without a ball coming directly back at him on a comebacker, right? Um, but yeah, Todd Stoudemire clearly concussed and, uh, they sent him back out there and it wasn't even until like Todd Stoudemire gave up a few more hits that it's like all of a sudden, uh, you know, like Al Leiter's up and I'm like, why was Leiter not up at the beginning? Like the second Todd slid into the base, get Leiter up. Even if Todd didn't want to come out of the game, right? Like you still got to have him again. Eight year old Craig did not realize this at the time, but Fair. Uh, yeah, uh, 30, 34 talking, year old yeah. Craig has some concerns about the managerial decisions. Oh, we're going to, we're going to get to some of, although Cito didn't have too many, eh, 
<laughs> no, you know what? Cito had some moments. Um, the next rewatchable sequence, the Blue Jays top of the first. Here's the sequence. Double, walk, foul out, single, pop out. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up was there's 29 runs in this game. I couldn't believe how much damage in the rewatch, Craig, was done with two outs in this game. Yes. that was The that Blue was... Jays scored 15 runs yeah. and didn't hit a ball out of the yard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. That, like, think about, like... Think about that happening in 2020. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So after after the pop-out, a uh, basis loaded walk by uh, Tommy Green, which you alluded to, then the two-run single by Tony Fernandez, and then the line-out uh, to end the inning. Um, yeah, God, just what a, what a fun inning to watch. Uh, I put the Phillies bottom of the first, where they scored four in the rewatch. Um, this one's, it, like, it, it, it's got to go in the rewatch because they scored four runs. But I'm not sure if this one could win because it was it was a lot of walks, right? They they just had the one triple by Milt Thompson. Yeah. So here's the sequence: walk, fly out, strike out. So Todd Stottlemyre's off to a decent start, and then all of a sudden, walk, 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 bases loaded, walk <laughs> to, for a run, and then the triple by Thompson, and then and then the ground out, and the Phillies are up four three. Um, Charlie Williams had an interesting day behind the plate. Uh, I thought. Uh, I thought he was a bit stingy to, to Todd in the first inning. Now, Todd was nibbling, but um, the uh, Charlie Williams did the classic umpire thing where he gave the stingy strikeout zone in the in the early uh, innings, and then all of a sudden, when the game was running 14 hour, like four hours long in the ninth inning, all of a sudden, guys were getting strikes that were like a foot outside of the zone and stuff like that. Uh, I've got somewhere to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he had that he had that classic, I've got to go home. Um Next rewatchable sequence, the Blue Jays top of the third where they scored four runs. Another interesting thing about the Jays, 15 runs, only scored in four innings, Craig. Did not score in more innings than they scored in than, than in innings they scored in. The only inning that neither team scored in was the ninth. Yeah. Weird. That was the other thing I noticed. Like, And if yeah. you're a Phillies fan, you're probably thinking at that point, hey, we can get one here. We've been getting runs all game. But yeah, it turns exactly. out that you're not getting, you were not facing Dwayne Ward most of the day. Yeah, it's some of the, yeah, exactly. That was, the, Dwayne Ward was a big one. And another one was the, the aforementioned Charlie Williams thing was because Dykstra had, Dykstra had net bat against Ward in the ninth where he got, Ward got two strikes that were, that were very clearly balls and had been balls all game. And Dykstra freaked out and rightfully so freaked out on Williams when Ward put one a foot outside and he and he gave him the strike, and Dykstra was like, "What are you talking about? That hasn't been a strike the entire friggin' game. You can't give him that now." And then he rang him up on on a pitch that was even further outside. Uh, so there was that. Um, umpires, umpires, yeah. Uh, Blue Jays top of the third. Pop out, walk, single, RBI single, RBI single, ground out, walk, two two RBI single, and then a strikeout. Um, yeah, that one that that just featured a lot of just. God, there were so many hard hit balls in this game. Like even the outs were freaking loud in this game. It was, yeah. It was, and it was weird for a rainy October game too. Yeah, that's true. Um, Philly's bottom of the fifth was the next most rewatchable sequence, uh, and it started off with a bunt single uh, by it wasn't I, Eisenreich. I think uh, there were two bunt singles. Eisenreich, I think, did the first one, and then Dalton hit a home run, and then there was another bunt single, and then Thompson doubled, and then there were two ground outs. And then the Dykstra home run, which was uh, – uh, that was one – that that I think was – there's two calls from Sean McDonough that I no. think are the uh, – there's two calls from the, Sean uh, 
Sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead with your calls. Yeah, no, oh, no, I was, was going to say the, the the first Bunt single, the one to Molitor, was Dave Hollins, and I only want to say about right? that one. Yeah, uh, Paul Molitor had all of two innings at third base over the previous four seasons. Yeah. So if you're the Phillies, and again, I know they scored 14 runs, to be clear, mm-hmm. but if you're the Phillies, maybe you could have tried going out there a couple more times just to see if he was up to it. Yeah, and he fielded that ball pretty pretty well. It was just it was, a, yeah. it was a really good bunt. It was a good bunt. Yeah, it was a good bunt. Yeah. All I'm saying is, you know, you, you typically would have Ed Sprague out there. Instead, it was uh, mm-hmm. instead it was Paul Molitor, who, again, had not played a lot of third base in the uh, later portion of his career. So just to see what's up. Yeah, we'll 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 get to we'll get to see. You know. uh, the Dykstra home run in this inning, I think, uh, we'll, we'll, Sean McDonough, we'll get, we'll get to what was the best call in this game later. I think one of the nominees for that will be when Dykstra hits the home run and then they let they let the home run breathe. And then he comes around and uh, <laughs> keep in mind, this is the bottom of the fifth. <laughs> and he goes. Uh, McDonough says something like, Dykstra, he's four RBIs, he's scored four times, he's, you know, four for four, or something like that, and it was just, it was a really good call coming off that home run, and then there was another single and ground out, and the final nominee for most rewatchable sequence, and I'm sorry, Phillies fans, but this is a podcast from two Blue Jays fans, the top of the eighth will be the most rewatchable sequence in the uh, in the entire uh, game. Here's the uh, here's the uh, sequence. Uh, Roberto Alomar out. Then a single, a walk, an RBI double, an RBI single, a walk, a strikeout, a two RBI single, then the two RBI triple by Devon White to give him the lead. And then Roberto Alomar came up again and grounded out for the second time in the inning. Uh, he was the he was the first and last out of the inning, which uh, is always hilarious when that happens in baseball. Uh, most rewatchable sequence, Craig. Well, it's got to be at the bottom of the eighth. It was uh, it was yeah. nuts. And like you know, you're you're the Phillies. You're thinking, okay, we're finally home and cool here. We're up by six. Yeah, we're doing. The uh, we're up by five. Chant. Yeah. Yeah, we're up by five. It's uh, we're going to tie this series up, have a chance to go up three two, heading back to Toronto, and then all of a sudden it's three one Jays, and yeah, it's uh, it was uh, that was a crazy crazy series, obviously, and a crazy crazy inning, like just every everything going wrong. Um, now, fortunately for the Phillies fans, Mitch Williams settled down after that, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was. Uh, it was uh, that that that's that's obviously the key. Like, look, how many times in World Series history does a team put up a six spot when they're down five in the eighth? Probably yeah. just the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'd be very surprised if the if the number of that was higher than one. So yeah. Um, here's a question we're going to ask ourselves. We keep doing this from now on. Uh, how was the officiating in this particular game? Um, there weren't any bad calls in this game. Uh, that I could see. Um that swung the game at all or, or, or anything in it of that. No, ilk. no matter who won or lost this game, you had no place to complain about a bad call just no. based on the fact that whoever your pitcher was, they weren't getting anybody out. No. Yeah. And it was, it, but like there, there wasn't any sort of like, like a, a year, you know, flash forward or flash backwards, I guess a, a, a year earlier. And basically in the brave series, anytime there was a bad call, it went against the blue Jays, right? Like Kelly Gruber didn't get the, uh, the, the triple play, didn't yep. get the triple play Roberto Alomar in, in a game where they needed the heroics of Ed Sprague, uh, in game two, remember Roberto Alomar was called out at the plate on, on a wild pitch by Smoltz when he was clearly safe. So that would have been, uh, you know, like Ed Sprague doesn't hit that home run all of a sudden, you know, like you think about it's two nothing Atlanta, and who knows? Two nothing Atlanta, and who knows? And and think about how the Jays it, it, before 1992 were were always the the they were 
let's say it. They were choke artists, Craig. They had they yeah. had they had a bunch of chances. That was to the do it and, the reputation, and, yeah. Yeah, and couldn't get it done. And then all of a sudden, like they we would have been like a cursed team, right? We if if the Braves were up two nothing, uh, who knows? Uh, again, fortunately, it didn't go that. Uh, we mentioned Charlie Williams. Basically, was uh, th- like the officiating. There weren't any. There weren't any outs that should have been, or or, or vice versa. But uh, Charlie Williams definitely did the classic umpire thing of where he had the very small strike zone, and then all of a sudden in the ninth, and we mentioned the Dykstra at bat in the ninth, which you can go back and watch that. But, like Dykstra got two strikes that were clearly outside, and he's just like, you know, Charlie Williams was like, I want to go home. <laughs> right? like, yeah. Uh, what has aged the best? from uh 1993 craig uh the first nominee the philly fanatic still one of the best philly uh, fanatics doing pretty well yeah still one of the best uh mascots of all time uh the blue jays 1993 uniforms yeah those are some nice uniforms oh it's great ones uh 90s starter jackets craig those are pretty cool too. The, the Phillies had good ones too, like that, like Jim Fergosi when those guys were making trip, like frequent trips to the mound, uh, for for those ones. They 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 had nice nice starter jackets. I love those. Todd Sotomayor was wearing his on the base pass when he busted his chin open. <laughs> yeah, and Al Leiter got on base too, and uh, yep. and had his on. Yeah, Tommy Green had a hit as well. Like there's a couple of times I'm like, yeah. you should take the pitcher out here because he's not throwing particularly well, and uh, Al Leiter uh, had a, uh, you need Al- runs. Lighter had a two, had a had a double down the line, opposite field double down the line. For God's sake, right. that's how and it went like Al an American Leiter, League pitcher. Yeah, Al Lighter looked like he American League pitcher went went opposite field down the line. He looked like he should have been in the lineup taking four hacks a game with that at bat. It was it was nuts. Oh. Um, the other thing that's aged the best, uh, blue, the, just the Blue Jays lineup. Just looking at, just staring at it on paper. Um, is is just a well here's the thing there's only as far as the guys that hit that day there's only two hall of famers oh no three hall of famers Mm -hmm. henderson alomar and molitor are all in the hall of fame Uh, but like look at some of the other guys and there's some like devon white fantastic career and there's an argument he made that devon white was the best player in the 1992 and 1993 that argument exists if just based on the fact center field right yeah yeah the fact not 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 like great bat great on base skills and not just playing center field, but playing like all incredible. Yeah. All, yeah. All universe center field. So anyway, so Devon white, you know, great player, great career. Uh, John Olerud, great player, great career, not hall of fame caliber, but you know, really good. Um, you look at, um, you look at Tony Fernandez, probably the greatest blue Jay ever. If you look at purely the guy's contributions to the Toronto blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 the great thing about this series, like obviously it's great to win the World Series, but the fact that, because Tony didn't already have a ring for this, so the fact that Tony got his ring during this series is pretty cool. Yes, true. So, he, he wasn't on the 92 roster just yet. He was not there in 92 because he had been traded for Roberto Alomar. And then he had, and, uh, and then they got him back forward. on a discount uh, when the things started out poorly. Anyway, um, yeah. they, uh, yeah, they're, they're, this was a, a pretty stacked lineup, as you said. Uh, anything else age the best for you that you, uh, that you wanted to may- perhaps mention? Uh... uh, not really. Cause I'll tell you right now, the strategy didn't age particularly well. No, we'll the, get to that in cause the, the, next category. the haircuts of various members of the 1993 Philadelphia Phillies yeah. did not age particularly well. I'm glad that you brought that up, Craig, because coincidentally enough, the next category, what has aged the worst? <laughs> Here we go. Um, nineties lineups. Um, in term, and when I say that, because I just said that the Blue Jays lineup was has aged the best in terms, um, it wasn't in the correct order though, Craig. Uh, Cito Gaston uh, in a pivotal game for the World Series had the AL batting champion hitting fifth, 
And Paul Molitor, who was six for 11, was hitting sixth in this game. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, obviously, lineup construction has dramatically altered mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball since that was this the biggest. Played. Th- that was the biggest difference I, I noticed in in uh, in uh, like like going back and watching a, a 1993 game compared to now, basically in the in the post Moneyball era. Um, just looking at that lineup, and we can we can even go back a game to game three, where because the Philadelphia Phillies were starting a left-handed pitcher, Cito uh, Gaston thought it was the most prudent move for the Toronto Blue Jays was to bench John Olerud, the American League batting champion, uh, because he's a left-handed batter and there was a left-handed pitcher. Well, right now. you got you got you got to get Homer Simpson out there with yeah, Daryl exactly. Stroud. Uh, and lucky for Cito Gaston, Paul Molitor went like four for four with six RBIs or something in that game. And, uh, but like, it was just like, okay, we, 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 you know, we got a lefty lefty. So I have to bench the AL batting champion and play Molitor at first and Sprague at third, rather than being like, Hey, what if we didn't put Joe Cart? What if we like, you know, well, here's the thing. Molitor wasn't going to play the outfield. No, but to Sprague, like Molitor, Molitor, if, if like, yeah. Molitor at third, which 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 was the lineup for the game that we're talking about, mm-hmm. is is the only way they really could have gone that made sense, and they yeah. they went that way and it worked out. I just think, as you said, they probably should have gone that way, regardless of which hand the pitcher for the other team was throwing. Exactly right. Like it was just like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> right? Like that was that was that was bad. Um. So yeah, what what's age the worst? Just '90s lineups, just bad. The Phillies lineup wasn't that. I think bad. '90s baseball strategy in general is what yeah. you can put. here. Well, we'll get Only... some. Th- Fergosi made a couple of moves that I was like, "Hey, now, <laughs> right?" Where I was, I was just like, uh, uh, "Like, um, I was going to bring this up later, but um, Fergosi brought his." Well, well, we'll talk about like Mitch Williams as a closer was uh, it has not aged well because um, Mitch... no, he <laughs> no. was not the best member of the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen that season. I think well, it wasn't even that; it was just that he threw hard. Like, I'm not saying that he wouldn't that he didn't have major league stuff. Cause he certainly did. He's just not that like Mitch Williams is not, a, a has never and should have never been a guy who closes major league baseball games. Cause he, he can't, he doesn't have control, right? Like he, he goes out there and he just power pitcher, just try to hit this. And if you can, you can. And, but you know, he, he didn't exactly have, have great control and, and there's a McCarver has a line that I, again, I was going to mention later where he says something like, I, I, I think it's when the Jays are in the throes of making the comeback in the eighth, and McCarver says something along the lines of uh, like one like the Phillies brought him uh, brought him in, which that was the thing where it was like Fergosi brought his best closer in, or like his best like what was perceived to be his best relief pitcher at the time, the, the his closer Mitch Williams. He brought him in in a high leverage situation in the eighth, Craig. Oh. in this game, yeah, which that's true. I, that's a good yeah, point. Which I was like, whoa. Hold on a minute there. That was that's not something managers in the uh, in the 90s did. And the managers of the 90s were like, oh, I got to use my fourth and fifth best relievers to get to the ninth because then I got to bring in my, you know, my. Uh, in fact, uh, in yeah. 2016, during the American League wildcard game, you may remember that Zach Britton did not get to pitch. Exactly. Right. It was just like, why is this the thing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's like, oh, is that Ubaldo Jimenez going out there to face? Edwin <laughs> Encarnacion? Yeah, that's a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> Sweet. Feels, like you, should, feels yeah. like you should not do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was, oh, it was bad. But, uh, but yeah. Um, 
So yeah, just 90s baseball strategy is in general. Uh, what else is age sports? Veteran Stadium. Just just an ugly, ugly building to to watch sports in. Uh, yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the last well, game? Well, baseball football combo stadiums. Yeah. That were built all around the same time, like in the 70s, and in a lot of cases in the same area of the country. Uh, not particularly good. Yeah. Cincinnati, Philadelphia, mm. um, uh, messy ones. Pittsburgh, Three Rivers. Oh, not right. uh, ew, ew, yeah. Where the yeah, fans yeah, and a, jumping in those Steelers games nearly destroyed the stands constantly. Yeah, that's, right? Right. Like, that's oh. what you want, right? Yeah, uh, yeah it's just, so the the those stadiums were all built in the same part of the United States for in a lot of cases uh, for uh, around the same time, and they were not nice places to uh, to watch sporting events in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, no graphics during play has aged the worst. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of times I'm like, wait a minute, what's the count here? And like, sometimes they would show it and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit more involved as a fan is something I noticed mm -hmm. just from the perspective of, oh, yeah, that's right. You have to like be thinking about the count yourself here and things along those lines or or how many outs there are or whatever, because like uh, otherwise you don't know. And if you like flip on the game, if it's like, okay, I'm just going to get home and see what's going on on this game and you flip it on, you're like, okay, what's the situation here? And you have to like wait until the end of an inning to find out what the score is. Like, what the hell? Kind of, kind of silly, right? Yeah, and you, sometimes you were like, well, "Boy, how many outs are there again?" And then you have to run it back in your head, like who got out, and then especially in a game like this, where it's like not like th both teams batted around like three or four times yeah. in this game, and it's just like, what? Yeah, happened? what's the score right now? Would have been an issue in this game too. Like, wait a minute, who is? Hey, sure, like, yeah. Uh, the no fear merchandise, I feel like, uh, didn't age very well. Like a lot of the guys had the turtlenecks that had no fear and shit written on them. And, and, uh, yes, there, cool. Yeah. There were a couple cuts to like the Phillies, uh, dudes in the bullpen and the bullpen guys had like no fear bandanas and stuff on. And that, that, that didn't really, uh, the, the, the Phillies mullets, uh, which you mentioned earlier, like John Cruck and Mitch Williams, Mitch Williams, which was like part Jerry curl, part mullet. It was, oh, it was yeah, not good. And no, that... one one's Jerry curl has aged fantastic. Oh, so good. So good. Well, the Jerry Curl's timeless. But, I mean, Mitch Williams also added that, like, he had, like, that pencil-thin douchebag mustache where it just it looked like pubes on his face. It was just, ah, oh, it was just a bad look. Bad luck, even though Mitch Williams, by all accounts, pretty cool dude. Um, the Phillies fans, whoop, there it is, chant, which uh, I did a little research, uh, 1993. Uh, I believe the top, it was, like, on, it reached, like, number one or number two on the Billboard charts. I'll, I'll, I'll quickly look it up, but... Uh, uh, whoop, there it is, was, uh, I think, number Yeah, two. here's a weird thing in that video. Have you ever seen that music video? Have you ever heard the conspiracy theory about that music video? I, I have not, but I definitely have seen that, that music video, but it, it has uh, not, uh, it, it's, like, I remember it was a lot of rapping behind, like, a chain link fence, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to suggest you, you do this right now. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, because it just, it has to be done. Mm -hmm. So... In the uh, tag team video, I'm going to tell you exactly which second to go to in okay. the video, because uh, you, uh, you you pretty much have to do it. And so if, this is an interactive yep. part of the podcast I love this. from the perspective of just like do this as I'm doing it. So yep. go to YouTube. There is uh, yeah, a I video tag team. Whoop! There it is. Uh, and you should go to where is. 
Yeah, I'll just scroll through that. I should have memorized the time before I... Uh... It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, well, I'll here's say... the thing. I get to listen to Whoop There It Is by Tag Team, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Yeah, so. I, I, I'll just say, on my end, I've got to be very careful because my the software I'm using this will record Whoop There It Is. I'm officially... Oh. I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to cut Whoop There It Is anyway, and that's going to be the outro for this uh, for this particular episode. So that's happening. Uh, so where am I going to? Uh, you're going to... Oh, I'm just trying to find it right now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bunch of guys hanging out. Having a, you're going to 46 seconds, and you tell me who you think the guy in the hat is. Okay. 46 seconds. It's a 46 seconds and pause it. You tell me if that looks like anyone that you may have seen before. Is that Dr. Dre? No. That, doesn't that guy look exactly like Barack Obama? Oh my god, that is him. Is that him? It's not him. No. Well, he swears up and down it's not him. Yeah. I do not believe him. That doesn't... Like, it looks like I don't if... believe any of the birther conspiracies about, well, Obama's <laughs> from Kenya or all the... Obama's a Manchurian candidate, all these, like, crazy uh, crackpot yeah. stuff that only people like the President of the United States believe. No, I don't believe any of that stuff. But the one Obama conspiracy I believe <laughs> is that I think he's definitely... Definitely in whoop, there it is, this, music video by Tag Team. <laughs> this is great. That guy looks like if Barack Obama and Easy E did the like fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z to form one person. That's what that looks like to me with the gold and the whatnot. That's great yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, 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 just like go to the, go to that music video and pause it at 46 to 47 seconds. It's everybody. Yeah. That has to be Barack Obama. It has it, to be. Oh, it's great stuff. Uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston was the number one song, uh, the number one single of 1993. Number two, whoop, there it is, tag team. One of those songs has aged better than the other. That's uh, true, yeah. <laughs> Both have aged gloriously, though, we must say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I Will uh, Always Love You by Whitney Houston's like a top ten pop song of all time. Of all time, though, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that has aged worse that I have on my list, Kurt Schilling. Just Kurt kinda, Schilling. Yeah, just aged, throwing yeah. it out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kurt Schilling's a guy who probably would have been well-served by Twitter never existing. Yeah, Holly, um, uh, or, you know, video game, not be it as into video games as he was. Um... Yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, saying from the perspective of people would like Kurt Schilling more if yeah. Kurt Schilling's Twitter account never happened. Is he in the Hall of Fame yet? No, and there's some discussion as to whether writers are avoiding voting for him because yeah. he's got uh, uh, <laughs> he, some... he has Hall of Fame numbers, and there's there like if if well, not... yeah, I think there's I think there's a legitimate debate about mm. whether he has fame numbers or not i don't know man three world series with three different teams in the world series with four like made the world series on four different rosters th rings with three of them i don't know man that's uh, uh yeah but like that, that's all team stuff there's the, like you know if you, like, you want to get always like, uh, he was integral in all of those though right like i he's to me Schilling is probably a hall of famer but if you want to keep him out because he's a douchebag sure <laughs> I guess. I, here's, you know, full disclosure i would vote for kurt schilling because yeah, to me I would too. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be making your hall of fame votes based on mm. um who has a nice twitter account and who doesn't yeah. i think that's ridiculous uh you should just be doing it based on who plays baseball and who does it well um like yeah so kurt schilling to me you I, anyone who votes for him i would not begrudge them their vote no matter what i think that it's a reasonable thing to say though he's one of those ones who's on the line mm -hmm. yeah uh anything else age the worst for you craig hmm. no i think that's uh that's it the only thing i was like like i said the only thing i was thinking of for that category was haircuts for various members of the 1993 philadelphia yeah, phillies just... uh the kurt schilling i'm gonna wear a towel when mitch williams pitches thing yeah. that was pretty 
Yeah, that was weird. That and, said, looking back on it, yeah. probably not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Can you? I don't think he did it as a gimmick. I think he did it because he was generally like, oh, I don't enjoy this. Uh, right? Oh, I I understand. That's I I know he did it because he didn't enjoy this. All I'm yeah. saying is, to me, if I'm like going out there and pitching in the World Series, yeah. and I know that one of my teammates is on the bench, being like, I yeah. literally can't watch this, and has a towel wrapped around his face, yeah. I would. That would not fill me with confidence as a major no, league pitcher. Oh, yeah. You look over to your team for a little bit of support, and Kurt Schilling's yeah. they just head down, towel on his head, like, oh, God. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, oh guys, got runners. We've got two runners on. We're up by one, and Carter's up. I better look in the dugout and see what those guys are doing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, half-assed internet research. Uh, I didn't even really research this. They mentioned this a couple times in the broadcast. Devon White and Mitch Williams were roommates during winter ball in Puerto Rico before yeah. they were both. Uh, right. Uh, I tried to find find the gambling line for this i think it's safe to say the over hit craig um <laughs> no actually I, it was 30 and a half pierce i looked 30, it up yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's safe to say the over hit i was i was concerned about what the uh the stats were on the game i couldn't find the line i did i was able to find the line for the series though uh the jays were minus 170 to win the series and the phillies were plus 150 um, the ALCS that year, Craig, was a coin flip. The White Sox and the Jays were both minus 110 when the series started. An honest-to-goodness coin flip from Vegas. By that. For the ALCS. Yeah. Well, if you remember, the, the man, the, the White Sox had home field, if you'll remember. And, you, like, their, if you remember, their number two hitter, I believe, was Bo Jackson, and their number three hitter was Frank Thomas that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, good team. All I'm yeah. saying is, you know who else had a really good team? The defending World Series champions. World Series champions, champions true, yeah. yeah. Um, no. I'm just saying, like, based on the on the fact that, that that was a good White Sox team and they had home field, uh, the coin flip. Yeah, I, I, the Jays probably should have been slightly better than that, but yeah, coin flip. Uh, the Phillies were not granted that uh, sort of thing. They were plus 220 in the NLCS. Braves were minus 260. So you could, if you if you like the Phillies, there was there was some money to be made there. And the, uh, it was almost Jays and Braves for the second year in a row. Like that was, yeah. it was that close to happening. Yeah, it really was. Um, what if slash sliding doors uh, for this game? Um, there's not too many. Um, one of the what ifs I had was just what if social media was uh, was around uh, during this game. Uh, like Twitter would have been would have been great to have during this game, I think. And, yeah, and I just would have been going crazy. Imagine the hot takes the next day. I, I was thinking about this after after the Jays take the lead in in the bottom of the eighth or the, sorry the top of the eighth. Um, we come back to commercial and they cut to Lenny Dykstra in the dugout, and Lenny Dykstra has this smile on his face, and the smile that Dykstra has is just like, I can't fucking believe this is happening. Right. Like I can't believe that we're down 15, 14, but I'm just imagining all the hot takery of the first takes and the whatnots in the morning of being like, you know, everybody going, you got Dykstra in the dugout laughing, having a good time. His team's blowing a lead in the world series. You know, <laughs> like they're down two one in the series. Like that would have been, uh, I, I just, I just, I, 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 I can hear those type of hot takes in my head. Right. And, uh, yes. so, so that's just a, what if for me, um, there weren't too many what ifs. Let me present you with two here, Craig. The only what if I was thinking is uh, in the bottom of the seventh, when it's still 14-8 or 14-9 at that point, it was. Uh, Darren Dalton just misses a grand slam by like a foot. Yep. Right. Like. Yep. I, I, I remember thinking to myself like, "Whoa, that yeah. had gone out. That probably would have ended it." Like, you don't know for sure, but probably. True. Yeah. It's <laughs> most likely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That. That's the only what if. The other what if I present to you that very same at bat, Darren Dalton uh, does uh, what is now known as the Derek Jeter, 
where the ball hits the end of his bat, but he fakes like it hit his hand in order to get a bases yep. loaded uh, walk. Perhaps a little yep. bit of bad karma there. Uh, what if what if Darren Dalton? Uh, <laughs> You know, had what if he his... stays in the box? Maybe if he stays off yeah. the box and uh, it, it, it rips a double down the line, the next pitch, then uh, exactly. the different outcome for that baseball game. Exactly. Maybe a different outcome for that World Series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the those are the only what ifs. Uh, any other what ifs that you can think of? There there weren't too many for this game because there's so many damn runs scored. Right? It was just like yeah, yeah, Dalton Dalton just missing that grand slam is kind of the only what if we have. Uh, notable stats: uh, longest run time for a nine inning game in postseason history, four hours fourteen minutes. Uh, to this day, still the most hits in a World Series game uh 32 most runs in a world series game 29 uh they mentioned this in the broadcast todd stottlemyre and his dad mel stottlemyre the first father-son combo to start the uh to start world series games uh really that is something is that, that, prob- is that still the case this day i'm not sure if it's still the case to this day i tried to do some research and I, I i could not narrow that down i was i was frantically googling that after i i learned that after mccarver brought that up in in the middle of the game um Roberto Alomar was uh, out was the first and the last out of the eighth was was another one. Also, Todd Stottlemyre probably shouldn't have started this game. We brought that up earlier, so that uh... Al Leiter probably should have started this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, best performance. Here are the nominees. We got three nominees. Craig, uh, Tony Fernandez, three for six, five RBIs, one strikeout. Milt Thompson, three for five, a triple, a double, and five RBIs. And Lenny Dykstra, three for five, two home runs, a double, a stolen base, four RBIs, and a walk. Are we able to give it to Lenny Dykstra even though his team lost the game? I I think we kind of have to, don't we? He was he he I mean from a fantasy baseball stat line, that's just that's the stuff you dream about, right? Like you dream about if you got Mike Trout on your team, you hope to come, you hope to check your, you know, you hope to boot up your app or whatever you happen to be using and you hope to see a couple of home runs, a double to help your 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 slugging as well, the stolen base as well. Uh, it, it's got to be Lenny Dykstra, sure. doesn't it? Yeah, Tony was the only J with more than two hits. So yeah, we'll give it yeah. to Dextra. Oh, yes. sorry, uh, Joe Carter also had three hits in the game. Yeah. Which uh, Joe Carter, year... like... yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What about Joe? I was gonna say Joe Carter. Uh, Joe Carter had two hits in the game, which was mm-hmm. uh, was great. But um, they um, uh, he didn't have a single run batted in, despite the fact that there are people on base all the time. Yeah, so it was yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, the "You're Killing Me" Smalls Award for worst performer. Uh, in a game that featured 29 runs and 32 hits, John Crock 0 for 5 with a walk and two strikeouts. That's not, that sounds something that might happen. Yeah. Robbie Alomar did not have a great day. He had a pretty good series. He hit 480 during the series. He, but... did, he, did, he didn't have a great day, which leads me into the next. Uh, I'm, I'm awarding the You're Killing Me Swalls Award to John Crock, though. I mean, come on. like that's, that, that's Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. They, um, the next one, noticeably poor player decisions. I, I got three. Um, number one is I don't think he's going to win because I think I th- I think the next thing I'm going to bring up is the winner for this category but um Roberto Alomar in the first inning Craig this was the this was noticeable to me in the first inning Tommy Green had just walked Devon White on four pitches and then threw two balls to Alomar that were nowhere close so Tommy Green has now thrown s- I think six or like eight straight balls or something like that and yep. has not even come close to locating a strike. And Alomar hacked at a 2-0 pitch. Uh, like, Alomar hacked at a 2-0 pitch and popped it up to third base for the first out of uh, 
for the first out of the of the first inning. So that 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 to me was a noticeable like what the hell are you doing, right? And the ball was down like yeah. he he hacked at a three at what would have been uh, ball three and like the ninth straight yeah. ball for Tommy Green. Robbie just let this guy walk the plank himself. Exactly right. It's like he's hanging himself. Just like you know, don't cut the rope, right? Like what are, what are you doing? Um, so that that was a noticeably poor decision. Um, Tom Holland uh, misplayed. Sorry, Derek Holland misplayed. Tom Holland's uh, Spider Man. Uh, uh, Derek Holland misplayed uh, the Bolitor double in the eighth. Uh, originally, Dave Holland. You're Dave Holland. Sorry. Uh, originally, yeah. he misplayed a Molitor double that was originally ruled an error, but they changed it uh, yep. after the fact. So this game featured no errors. Uh, once it was done, I thought that was an error. To be honest with you, I thought he fielded that side saddle. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I watch it. And it's one of those ones. I think in in 2019 that would have been an error. Yeah, because like it did take a weird hop on him, but he fielded it side saddle, and it was just yeah. That that veteran or uh, vet, uh, that that turf was obviously not uh, super friendly either. And uh, the the last noticeably poor player decision I have, and I I going to go ahead and award this decision. Todd Stottlemyre trying for third base. <laughs> was, yes. Yeah. It was, Not he, only did you yeah. concuss yourself and cut your chin open, yeah. you also made the third out of an inning at third base. <laughs> third base, right? Like, what are you doing? Oh, man. That was, that You're was a pitcher bad. who had never had a major league at bat before that moment. Because mm-hmm. people forget that if you look back at the 93 World Series. That's something I remember yeah. my dad complaining about the time. Like, oh, they're making these pitchers bad. They've never done it before in the big leagues. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, Why did they have pitchers when american league pitchers got on base why did they put jackets on what was the impetus behind that keep their arms warm on that cold is nights. such well, horseshit though right like like no it, arm... it's yeah no no like here's the thing if that game was being played at rogers center they wouldn't have done it i guess yeah but, but it was a cold rainy night in philadelphia I right guess. It's still such a so it's a matter of right? hey if my if my because here's the thing you're going especially in this game right you're tossed out of my get to first base because you walk in that at bat yeah. Who knows how long you're going to be out there? That's true. Yeah. And he you was know what out I there mean? for a like, while, too, just, time-wise. It was like yeah, exactly. He was out there minutes. for a while, and it could have been longer. So it's a perspective of you just don't want to let your arm get cold and get a little bit uh, get a little bit tight after you come out of the game. So, yeah. again, if, that, if, the, if this game was in Rogers Center, he's not wearing that jacket because it's a, a temperature-controlled situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, it was just... Yeah, I don't know. It it makes it it makes the game, it's such a little league thing to me, right? If they if they do yeah. that, maybe they, they, they don't do it now. I think they would send the guy out there with like it was a wrap on his arm or something, except something. a full jacket. But yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's just kind of corny. Um, best coaching move. Um, I got one from Cito and I got one from Fergosi. Um, the best coaching move by Cito was Frank was quite frankly Craig playing all of his best players. Yeah, that's a good decision. Yeah, that's sometimes that's a good decision. Like, yeah, like here's a just... question: What should the lineup have been? Oh, what was God. the optimal lineup in this baseball game? Oh boy, um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're we're nearly at an hour. But I, I, I have an answer for this, uh, so I'll give you my answer, and you can tell me what you think. Yeah, throw throw it out there. Like the I, optimal I was... lineup was, even though he didn't have a great second half with the Jays, Ricky Henderson leading off just leading because off, he's Ricky. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Your number two hitter should have been John Olerud. Yes, he was the American League batting champion, and we have certain post in the post Moneyball era. Your best hitter hits in the second lineup. Yeah. The second I spot in the lineup. I see the Alomar hit second argument from the perspective of you get a little more speed on the bases. Yeah, but that's such but, old school thinking, though. No, right? no, but here's the thing, yeah. though. Like, if it's old school thinking, a little more speed in the bases. But if your idea of hey, this is my two hitter is going to be uh, no doubt Hall of Famer Roberto Alomar, mm-hmm. like you know, I, I can. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can, I can work into that. Uh, your third hitter, uh, I think, should be Paul Molitor. Yes. 
your fourth hitter will put Alomar in that spot. Mm-hmm. With Tony Which is just something that old school '90s guys would never would have never have done. Never they would never I'm have power to hit yeah. four. Yeah, you've got to uh, have your you okay. got to have your juiciest monkey yeah. to be you know at the uh, at the uh, in the four hole, right? It's yeah. just like eh. There wasn't a lot of huge power in this uh, in this Jays lineup. No, well, we didn't have any. The Jays never had, it, other than the couple of time, years we had Canseco and that one Frank Thomas year. We didn't have any. The, the Jays don't have a history of like big muscle guys, right? Like it's like no. Like you look at like, all their big. Even Delgado like, was like a huge home run guy. Guy, he was not like you know. He wasn't juice, a juice pig. Yeah. Right? Now yeah. Jose Bautista takes incredible care of his body. Exactly, but, but he's not—he's he not muscle bound, right? Like, he, yeah, well, he's—he's—he's he's, 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 he's toned. He's toned. Yeah, but he, yes, he, yeah, he's not Bo, right? Like, no, Bo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't—he he wasn't 1997 Mark McGuire. Exactly. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that, that that, pretty... then you put you put Alomar fourth. You put mm-hmm. Fernandez fifth. You put Carter sixth. Um, then you... in front of Devon White. Oh no no yeah jeez where do you put white I guess White's you have to put sixth. Yeah. you have to put white sixth and then yeah. then then Tony yeah then yeah. Carter then Borders then the pitcher like the point is the, basically the point is Joe Carter should have been hitting lower in the Blue Jays line yes and this, this is and look is all, is all different this, yeah. like different things were awarded maybe if Joe Carter's playing baseball in 2005 mm-hmm. he's thinking to himself maybe I can take a couple of pitches when I go up there next time you know what I mean just based yeah. on just based on how we think the game differently now. Mm-hmm. But you could put together a pretty solid argument that if you swapped out Joe Carter for like mm-hmm. 10 or so other like big time hitting power outfielders, mm-hmm. then in the 1993, the Jays would have scored Even some insane amount of runs. Yeah. Like, uh, and you had, you, you literally had, uh, you, you had like, uh, was hitting behind Carter, but in that yeah. lineup, had the top three average-wise hitters in the American League and Alomar, Molitor, and Olerud. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Hitting and like, uh, like Olerud and Molitor were hitting fifth and sixth behind Carter, which just should should not have been the case ultimately. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I like I like that lineup a lot. But it's just the Jays lineups have just been. You always look back at them and you're just like. Yeah, as great as Joe was, he should have been hitting lower in that lineup. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's really all it is. Um, and like, if even if you go back and you watch the uh, watch the watch the entire Mitch Williams at bat when he hits the home run, like two pitches before that, he takes one of the worst swings I've ever seen in my like he he doesn't like he stays flat footed and he hacks down on it and it was it's just basically the worst swing you've ever seen in your entire life is what preceded the greatest Canadian baseball moment of all time, right? Sports right. is a funny thing, man. It's a funny thing. Uh, uh, one last yeah. thing I'll say about the, the lineup construction yeah. and whatnot mm-hmm. is um, obviously there's a lot of really good baseball players on this team. So, like, there wasn't a... There, it, it, it was hard to go wrong when you mm-hmm. could put all those names onto a lineup card, is what I will say. True. Um, should the Jays have gone out and got Ricky Henderson? Like, you could argue the answer to that was no, but... Like to me, it's just cool. Like, oh yeah, Ricky Henderson won a World Series of the Blue Jays. This is a cool Jays. thing yeah, that exactly. happened. Yeah. yeah, one of the coolest guys to ever play yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great stuff. Uh, best coaching move by Fergosi. We mentioned it earlier. He brought in his again air quotations, but he brought in his best reliever during a high leverage situation in the eighth. Something yeah. that was unheard of in 1993, right? Like, yeah. And guy... if you look, I was just looking at the numbers. Uh, Mitch Williams lights out against Atlanta in the ALCS. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, sorry, didn't he blow? He blew like game. 
Or yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, if, uh, but his ERA was like one point something. Like he allowed yeah, oh, yeah. a run, but he was he was in there a lot. Yeah, he blew one save in, the, and I think it was in a game that the Phillies ended up winning in extra innings. But he he had a spectacular blown save in like game two or three. But other than that, he was like he was lights out with a bunch of strikeouts too against uh, uh, against the uh, the Braves for sure. Um. Biggest coaching f up in this game. Uh, I ke- I keep bringing it up. It's technically not in this game, but just Cito Gaston benching the American League batting champion in the in Game Three. I just I sorry I can't come back to that enough. It's just like what are you doing? <laughs> it's so bad. Um, letting Stottlemyre pitch the second inning with a concussion. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. Uh, lighter not like like not having lighter warm up. Yeah, at least warming up after uh, like after the he, first inning until the Dykstra home run. Yeah, and then like it, which led to like it was kind of a funny Tim McCarver like uh, it was one of the Tim McCarver like up his own ass lines where he goes like belatedly the bullpen is up lighter is getting warmed up but in my opinion it's too late and it's like oh really well, that's your opinion right right after the Dykstra home run. Right. Yeah. Now M- McCarver had said earlier, like, "Hey, wait a minute, how come lighter isn't up yet?" So, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, yeah, I'll also sure. say that uh, McCarver did have a couple of lines that I like from the perspective of, uh, you know, uh, they they, they want to be patient with guys, and over 162 you can, but in a seven-game playoff series, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. like the idea of, hey, over 162, this stuff will average out, and the good players are going to be good, and the bad players won't be good. Like, he was right about that kind of before his time, uh, and he was right about, hey, in the playoffs, you don't know. Because mm-hmm. you know stuff's gonna happen, so he was he was right about some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the last coaching f up, Tony Castillo batting for himself in the top of the seventh. Yeah, that was that, that was bizarre. I was as I was watching, I was like, what the hell? That was that was a white flag. Like Cito, yeah. Cito flew up the white flag. He's like, okay, we can't win this game. The score was thirteen to nine. They scored nine runs, and not a single pitcher in the game had shown propensity to getting outs. And that was evident in the next inning when the Jays scored six runs and ended up winning the game. Like Tony, yeah, like Tony Castillo. I remember Cito. I'm pre- I'm fairly certain Cito's logic for that because they asked him about that uh, on the uh, on the World Series uh, uh, VHS at the time. Now now DVD or or streaming whatever. I'm pretty sure you can find this on YouTube. But Cito gives some weird explanation that you know he didn't want to blow out his bullpen in one game or something like that. He's like. He's like, hey, we might we might still have three other games to play. I'm gonna need some of these guys, so uh, I gotta save Tony oh. Castillo. And I'm like, no, that's not the right decision there, right? It just isn't. Yeah, right? Here's the thing, though. That game was more important to the Phillies than it was to the Blue Jays. True, but like it, the game was still winnable. They were down. Four. Yeah, they no, they were down four, and everyone already. scored. No, I get it. I yeah, get it. it was just you, you, it just wasn't a good move, but uh, it ended up working out. Um, any other coaching f ups that were uh, noticeable to you? Uh, not really. No, it yeah. was just, uh, there was, it was just, again, it, it's, it's hard to look at this cause just, just mm-hmm. baseball was managed differently in that. Yeah, it really was, uh, unintentional comedy moments, uh, in this, uh, zero errors. I think, uh, in a, in a 29 inning run, uh, 29 run game, zero errors was crazy. I think scoring would have been different now, uh, yeah. as far as what that was, that was an error. There'd be two. I think, I think Alomar had one, a ball that he knocked down that probably would have been. I think it's an error right now, yeah. And then we mentioned Holland earlier, third base on the Molitor thing. So, but even then, only the fact that there were only two errors, right? Crazy. Um, Al Leiter's opposite field double. <laughs> like at that point, I was just like, I was rewatching this, and Al Leiter comes up, and I'm like, "What's Al Leiter doing batting?" And then he hits in the opposite field double, and I was just like, "This is great! What a great game this is!" Right? Uh, Jim Gray's tie uh, <laughs> when he was doing interviews, he had this 
awful black and white this black uh tie with white polka dots it's just like oh god it's like the first tie your dad gives you so bad um al pitchers running with jackets unintentional comedy um there was a there was a there was a controversy in the fifth as to what pitcher uh, Cito Gaston asked for from the bullpen, Craig. So McCarver and uh, McDonough go to the slow motion replay. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> to see what, see which army he asked for. Um, the bullpen phone's not working in vet- Veteran Stadium, which is what led to the, uh, uh, <laughs> which is what led to. Uh, the slow motion replay of Cito Gaston because Tony Castillo had to warm up for 10 minutes uh, on the mound. Cause he didn't know he, he was supposed to be warming up, which led to uh, Tim or Sean McDonough doing a Provo for that night's David Letterman featuring the gin blossoms, Craig. Yes. I, <laughs> I noticed that too. I thought that was cool. That was great. Um, Mitch Williams, um, Mitch Williams, fiance, Irene, and the way she was wearing her baseball cap when they kept cutting to her as Williams was just imploding in the eighth inning. And she had a cap that was like two sizes too big for her. And she was like, like the, the brim was pulled like way down, like way down too far. It was, it was comical. And then they, they, you know, while she was doing that, McCarver kept going like, well, she can't watch it either. And then they kept cutting to, they kept cutting to her with the brim down way too far. And then to Kurt Schilling with towel on his damn head. It was just like, ah, this is great stuff to rewatch when you're a Jays fan. Um, the last and unintentional comedy moment. And I don't see how this doesn't win. Um, as McCarver explains that Darren Dalton has double vision from the car accident. He was in with Lenny Dykstra when they were returning from John Crux bachelor party, Craig. Uh, that's right neglecting to bring out the fact that they were drunk plus <laughs> when they were driving right stuff happens oh god <laughs> just like uh, just imagine that it, that's another thing where it's like what if that happened <laughs> in in 2020 right where it's like oh man um that one was great yeah so my vote for unintentional comedy goes to mccarver explaining yeah dalton's got double vision because he and dykstra got into a car accident while he were Coming back from John Crux bachelor party. Have a great time. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, uh, perhaps too much. Uh, best slash funniest broadcaster moments. Uh, you, you mentioned this a couple times, but McCarver suggesting that they bunt it to Molitor at third. Um, yeah, they should have done that a lot. <laughs> yeah, they should have done that. They only did it once. And, uh, um, this might've been an unintentional comedy. I mentioned out, but, uh, McCarver saying, you know, in my opinion, they're getting the bullpen ready too late after a lighter finally got up after Dykstra hit the, hit the two run home run. Um, uh, in the top of the six, McCarver says something offhandedly where he goes like, you know, this is not going to be a one run game finish. Right. Or he says something like, you know, it's not going to be a one run finish. And then there's a beat of silence. And then he goes, unless it's like 14 to, unless it's 15 to 14 or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, so there was that. Um, McCarver's saying that Mitch Williams has to walk a guy or two before he gets settled. Yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> right? That's, you always want to put guys on base. Yeah, you always want to do that when you're a closer, right? Um, McCarver's best line in the entire game, I thought, uh, was in the ninth inning when Kruk was facing Dwayne Ward, and McCarver just goes, hey, you know, it's a long game when John Kruk has run out of bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was a funny line. Um, to me, the best call of the night, though, was McDonough's call on the Devon White uh, triple yeah. when he goes, Alomar to the plate with the tying run, Henderson to the plate with the go-ahead run, and he puts the stank on go-ahead, right? And then and then just says, like, 15-14 Toronto. Um, that, was the, that was the best call of the night, right? Yeah. Yeah, just from an announcer perspective. I don't, I don't even see, uh, see how that's debatable. Uh, funniest promo 
<laughs> slash commercial commercial uh the win 100 dollars with budweiser was pretty funny uh the american express game summary uh was another one uh when david west came in and mccarver goes i thought we showed rescue 911 last night Oof. <laughs> right? that tim that's that product, product placement by tim right? yeah that's he's, tim that's not very nice he's a he's a broadcast guy though yeah. <laughs> he's for cbs there uh the promo for uh nfl today's and terry bradshaw's national football quiz was uh pretty hilarious um chevrolet did not agree with us uh they named von white the, the chevrolet player of the game craig uh, uh i guess they wanted to go with someone who was on the winning team which like sure that, fair but uh and i think they just went with it purely based on he had the game winning hit right the like yeah he, he yeah, yeah. Was, uh, actually I, I was gonna ask you about that in a minute but uh, yeah mm-hmm. and he, he had a good day it, it was uh, he was uh two for five with a walk or no sorry yep. it was three for five with a walk uh man i guess i should have included devon white in uh best uh yeah, that was an oversight by me. He had four RBIs. Yep. I should have included him earlier. And he had the uh, game-winning hit, yeah. But I still think it's Dykstra. Did you look purely at the stat line? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm still going to go with the Dykstra for best performance, but I will go back and belatedly say that I was incorrect in not including uh, Devon White in best performance. Uh, that was an oversight by me. Um, yeah, so that's it for the categories and whatnot. Anything else you wanted to add? Uh... Uh, yeah, I would, add, I would add this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you, you don't have the baseball reference page for this game up in front of you. I got it. I, I got it right in front of me. Oh, okay. Yep. I'll scroll down. I don't know if you looked at the top five plays as far as win probability added goes. But I'm oh. wondering how many of the five you can guess. The top five plays. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm you don't, if you, yeah. If you don't uh, Yeah. How many of the five can you guess? Uh, well, I'm going to guess uh, White's triple was one. White's triple was a 51% win probability added that brought the Blue Jays up to 74% when that happened. Yes. Okay. Um... I'm going to guess Dykstra. One of the Dykstra home runs had to have. Neither of the Dykstra home runs was tough. Okay. Oh, um, I, the Milt Thompson triple in the first? Did that, Milt Thompson uh... triple because that uh, okay. took the uh, the Phillies to uh, to 36% from 11%. They were, they were 11% in the first inning. Because we yeah. Were... Yes. Um, were any of the Jays hits in the first inning? No. Uh, oh, you know, Tony Fernandez uh, single that put the Jays up three nothing is was number five. Was number five. That was a fifteen okay. percent win probability. Yet. Okay. Uh, so it had to be something in the Phillies fifth. Uh, you said neither of the Dykstra home runs. Uh, was the Thompson double? No. No. That can't be it. Um, what about the Dalton home run? The is Dalton home run was a twenty percent win probability added for Philadelphia. Okay. Um. Then I'm gonna guess that. So I, I've nailed... Which, by the way, brought the Phillies' win probability to uh, 82%, the Dalton home run. I'm going to I'm gonna say that you're trying to throw me a little curveball here, and I'm going to say that there were not one but two hits by the Toronto Blue Jays in the top of the eighth that nope. swung... No, nope, I was wrong. Nope. Okay, because I was going to guess... The, the other one right. was Devon White single to right in the top of the third inning, which brought home right. two runs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that uh, so that White brought the hits. Jays that brought mm-hmm. the Jays win probability to sixty one percent. It was a nineteen percent uh, win probability added to play. Wow, that's great. No, so two Devon White hits, mm-hmm. a Darren Dalton home run, a Milt Thompson triple, and a Tony Fernandez single in the first inning. Yeah, were the were the five biggest plays of the yep. game, or the five biggest at bats of the game? Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, man. What a baseball game. <laughs> like, uh, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in this one. Um, yeah, uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I think I should uh, go put yeah. my kids to bed. Yeah, what a, what a, what a great game. Um, 
I like this. This was a lot of fun. I think we should do this, but we should definitely do this a bit more with, uh, um, we, 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 I, I don't know if we'll go to it right away, but, uh, we, we should definitely go to some, some more tragic ones. Yeah. We'll, yeah. For, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out going for it, but we'll definitely go for yep. it. Um, crossover podcast available at the crossover podcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. Uh, we're also on Google play stitcher and Spotify. So please check us out there and pump those numbers up. Um, we're going to be back perhaps later on in this week or next week we got to hammer out the time but um we did a quick audible we were originally gonna uh, throw this off for next week we were gonna come on and talk about uh tiger king uh which you know has been sweeping netflix and social media um, donald we gonna... Trump was talking about tiger king in his newser today just because the world is weird are you fucking kidding me no no well hey a reporter asked him are you going to pardon joe yeah. that was a real question Oh my God! Okay, in, in the in he the... said Donald Trump said maybe. <laughs> gonna look into it. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I have no response. I have no takes. I have no takes other than a general concern for everybody's safety down south. Um, yeah, but uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about Tiger King. We're probably gonna have a guest. We were gonna do it, but then they announced earlier this week that they might be dropping a. Yeah. Well, Jeff Lowe said there might be another episode, and you can never trust that guy. So who's... yeah, that's none of the people involved. Yeah, a quickly th- thing that I learned from Tiger King was uh, none, none of, of the people involved are trustworthy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure they are doing it, uh, but I believe that the rumors that they were going to do it. Um, like on Friday or something was a big, uh, was was a date that people were kicking around. That appears to not even be close to true. Uh, So there's that, but we will talk Tiger King either late this week or early next week to get, to get our Tiger King pod out of the way. And then uh, perhaps you and I will return to do yet another uh, sports rewatchable because this was a lot of fun. And and I, I kind of like just going through the old games being like, Oh, what should they do now? And uh, what, you know, what what would they have changed? And you know, from, from time to time kind of fine. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, some other stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next week, early next week with some Tiger King stuff. Uh, I said this last week when I did my, uh, my one man WrestleMania pod where I horribly embarrassed myself trying to gamble on wrestling last week. Craig had a very bad first day. Um, well, <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do? Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I said this last week and I'm just going to reiterate it that just big ups to everyone out there on the front lines and, and everyone out there in the, the essential services and just everyone who's, who's keeping the world kind of rotating in, in this, this era that we, this, this COVID-19 era that we are currently living in. So, uh, yeah, just uh, shout shout out to all those people working hard across the world. And that's, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, Craig needles. This was excellent. Uh, had a lot of fun doing this. It was great reminiscing about old Blue Jays games. You know, mm-hmm. We'll probably keep this going. We'll, we'll, we'll do another one. We'll likely revisit the 1993 yeah. World Series, I would imagine, uh, going forward. Uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, there's nothing left to do except leave you guys with the sweet, sweet sounds of Tag Team. Tag Team, back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, that is Hitman. Whoop, that is Whoop.